0: Another episode of Beat the Maze. It's Ian B. And
1: it's your girl, Jasha. And we
0: are back this week with another special guest, a dear, dear friend of mine, my brother, Paul Johnson. What's up, Paul?
2: What's up, man?
0: I said, glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, have you on the podcast. Yeah. I'm glad to have you. So for, we're gonna jump right into it, bro. For our audience, um, could you just tell them a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do?
2: Uh, so uh, I'm the uh, president and uh, co-founder of a boutique sports marketing agency, uh, go by the name of Resolute Sports Group. Uh, where we do there, you know, we help our clients uh, establish their brand awareness, you know, marketability, and, you know, and just help connect them with different brands and partnerships. You know as they you know matriculate through their you know collegiate career absolutely
1: so tell us more well how have you been this week we're gonna go around and talk about how we all been this week
0: because mm-hmm.
1: you forgot that part we got to talk about how i had how the i had it
0: i'm excited excited um, <laughs> so i'm gonna keep it short and sweet because i'm i'm just really excited to get to the to this interview but i've been doing good i've had a great week um put some investment into my business really just kickstarting my this next level and then just ramping up what I want to do and figuring out where I want to go so I we want to hear more about that later but it, you know it's not about <laughs> me yeah, right now I'm, how you, how you doing?
1: I've been great this week has been um, very fun mm-hmm. I've been enjoying it doing work and having being able to be outside in this nice weather Paul, how are you
2: so I'm uh, well, you know. Every week is is always an up and down, but you know, you take the good with the bad. But uh, overall, it's, it's been a great week. You know, got some good news, some good things coming, just progression. So, progression. always a good week when it's progression. I
1: love that. I love that. So let's dive into. Let's start from the the from the very beginning. You are born in Liberia. You were raised in in Philly. How did you get to this idea that you wanted to move into the sports world and you wanted to start working with different athletes?
2: Uh, So uh, the idea kind of sparked in my head in high school, but I never really kind of knew the direction that I kind of wanted to go in. Uh, You know, like I play sports my whole life. You know, if if Ian can tell you, I played basketball, football, ran track, you know, played basketball, um, I said, played baseball for a little bit before even get into you know uh, high school and high school you know sports about a season so you so you can't do track and and do baseball you know so um but always you know a a sports enthusiast so uh just like being around the game you know football especially so I got the idea and you know just kind of sparked in my head that I wanted to kind of be on the other side of it be on the you know business aspect of it and that's something that where I come from, people don't often, you know, think about, right? It's like, you want to go and you want to be a pro. uh, uh, And if you don't ever go, you know, professional in that sport, I guess your, you love for the sports over, you go end up doing something else that Mm -hmm. doesn't really align with kind of what you want to do. Right. And, you know, young, you know, uh, I knew that I wasn't going to go to the pros, but I still wanted to be around the game. I love being around the game. I love talking to people. You know, I love the management aspect, business aspect. You know, um, like I'm a like I'm a sales guy. Like I, you know, like I and, and I feel as though salesmen kind of get that sleazy rep, but salesmen are some of the best people to kind of talk to people, you know, that even Ian can even tell you, like in like in high school when Ian used to sell them cookies, I used to be right there he with bro. Yo, he's the only cookies, person man. that used to sell with me, bro. Like selling, selling them cookies, you know, just you know, helping out wherever I can, but it's just like Sales people have a like they have a niche of kind of talking to people, so I kind of embody that salesman you know mentality you know when I kind of speak with you know clients and anything that sort of but I took the business aspect of sports and kind of combined the two because that's just where the love come from like you still you still get that rush of being in the game you still get to be around the game although you're not physically playing mm. everything that kind of gave me that you know uh sense of belonging when I, when I was playing and everything that kind of gave me that rush and excitement, I get the same thing on the management side, right? So, and, and like every day is a, it's like the same thing. You kind of chasing, you know, like the, like the same type of dream, but just from the different, you know, side of the table. So that's where the idea came from. Like I always loved sports, always wanted to be around it. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I knew a lot about it, but never knew about the business aspect and kind of thought like that was the direction I wanted to go. At first I thought I wanted to be a sports lawyer, uh, but then the idea came about being an agent, and then I thought that I would need to go to law school to be an agent and then I interned with an agent and he told me unless you want to actually practice law, you don't need a law degree to be an agent, right? uh, you know it's way more expensive. It's longer time in school when the NFLPA requires don't require you to have a law degree it's required you to have a post you know graduate degree Mm -hmm. so i took the sports management route and took some sports law classes some contract law classes uh as electives to kind of get that same idea without actually going to law school for sure so
1: i like how you said you talked about like you being a salesman and like learning those skills and ability and i'll say like ian you said you grew up selling i grew up learning how to sell and learning that from my mother and we we witnessed a young guy about 15 last night and he was cold selling this product to everyone and it was like we the importance that that skill is so important like the ability to talk to someone and be able to like get your idea off in like you know your elevator pitch that's so important and then Mm to follow that up and do it confidently yes so, how do you feel like that's affected you in your career and your ability to go out of to go out here and be a marketing agent and to be an agent for big names um, and to get the marketing deals?
2: Uh, so, uh, being uh, being a salesman and you know, and like when I was under, like, definitely helped a lot because it's, you're going to get a lot of nose like selling stuff, right? It's people who not going to want part of your product; they're not going to want what you're selling. Uh, you're probably going to get some rude people here and there. You're probably going to get some people that turn you away. It's, it's never always positive, right? So when you're going into an industry like this, it's, it's essentially the same thing. I done got a hundred no's before I got one yes, right? Uh, and sometimes that's just, you know, some people in my shoes who don't really have the ability to take a no, that first couple of no's, they feel as though, you know, they're a failure and they don't want to actually, you know, progress to the next level. Every single no that I get motivates me more to kind of go finally chase that yes. So, um, by being a salesman, it's sometimes, like I said, people would not want to, you know, buy what you're selling, but you're going to keep, but eventually somebody is like, somebody is going to, you know, like what you, you know, have that you offer. And that's pretty much how I kind of ended up, you know, in this position and even ended up with clients. Like I DM a bunch of clients, talk to a bunch of, you know, uh, potential clients in a sort, um, and you get a lot of nose, you get a lot of curves, you get a lot of left on red. Uh, even older people in the industry, it's definitely a cutthroat industry. Just like the music industry, just like fashion, uh, people on the inside kind of like being on the inside, right? And and so even something simple as like asking for advice, uh, you know, people don't like to share with you kind of what they got going on because you never want to play your hand. So. Like being a salesman, sometimes that's, that's essentially the same thing. If you was in a store and you're making commission off of, you know, something that you're selling and you and everybody is in that same, and I didn't see it firsthand, right? Like I used to work at Nordstrom, you know, back when, you know, I, like I was in college and um, I didn't work with sales, but I worked a lot around salespeople because I worked directly with the manager as an assistant. But seeing people who was making money off, you know, commission when different customers came in it seemed like everybody's mindsets changed. You know, some people were uh, rude, to, you know, rude to others because they wanted to be that one to get that sale. And the industry is kind of like the same like that. So being a salesman, sometimes you can't let a no get you down, right? And you can't, you know, uh, just kind of end what you got going on because you got a couple of no's. Eventually somebody's going to like what you're selling. So mm-hmm. I just kind of took that same mindset and put it, you know, in, in this business aspect. So where, where does that come from? Because
0: like you mentioned, so many people have the, and I've been a a victim of it myself, where sometimes you, you get a couple of no's and it's like, well, you know, is this really for me? Or you get maybe some people that you might value their opinion and they say, oh, you know, I don't know if this is really, you know, what you should be doing. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, you start second guessing yourself and that's not what good entrepreneurs, that's not what they embody. And as long as I've known you, as long as we've known you, you have always you've been a resilient minded person. So where, where would you say that comes from? Or where did that start? Or have you, you know, you just kind of always remember being like that? Oh, uh, no.
2: Uh, so to be honest, uh, that came from like two places. One uh, selling cookies with you, like to be honest, uh, if you really like, you really want to be honest that by like, that first step because it's like uh, like I remember you like you you'll be selling your you know cookies and brownies and stuff and like I came to you and asked you oh like you said do you want me to sell some of this I wasn't making it, it wasn't like I was making any money out of it but the but the idea of just going around talking to people and you know like uh, getting comfortable in that space that was the first step I was like hey like like being confident being able to talk to people. You know, like if you if you really, you know, kind of get this right, then you can be able to sell air conditioners in the winter. Like like sometimes like sometimes it get like that, you know. So you gotta really know how to sell yourself. So even like even the interviews, uh, you're selling yourself, right? Like like every time you gotta know how to talk to people and know what exactly you know you are and what you're trying to provide for them. So uh like that came with one selling, you know, like in high school, being able to talk to people and sell, you know, stuff. also honestly that came from uh dating as well like a lot of people understand it like when you're when you're dating you're essentially selling yourself right like you like uh not in a negative way but you kind of have to bring your best self to the table so when you first meet a girl you know uh you know she just like in an interview oh tell tell me about yourself right like this like this girl she wanna know about you she wanna know some of the things that you know make you great so you always gotta bring your best self to the table so and, and anybody know with dating, you're not always going to get a yes. Feel me? You're like, you're going to get curved a bunch of times. And a lot of times I feel as though uh, uh, a lot of people, when it comes to dating, they get curved so much that they think that, you know, they go and they settle or they never, you know, actually, or they just stop dating, to be honest. Like, so I took that, like, that same aspect from dating. It's like, you're going to get a lot of no's with dating, right? Like, I don't had the pleasure of dating some beautiful women but i've also had the pleasure of getting curved by some beautiful women you know it happens throughout your life but it's like did those curves stop me from still thinking that i can be with beautiful women down the line no you know it like it didn't you know so uh like that was like that was the first step like growing up you know uh like sometimes you would get you know curved by girls especially as a, like especially young you know like you're like i used to get curved by you know like girls all the time but it was also some girls who like me so eventually you know you kind of build that confidence up and you kind of understand that okay this person said said no like there's somebody out there for everybody right like that's the mindset that people have it's the same thing as sales right like there's somebody who's gonna like your product it's the same thing at the management side there's somebody who's gonna like the type of manager you are and want to be you know want to be with you those relationships kind of go hand to hand so uh i take, I take the aspect of you know, being able to talk to women essentially Oh, so
0: you touched on a, 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 critical, critical piece about being a man, about being an entrepreneur, about just being a, a good person, as I call it, being a good communicator, you touched on that confidence piece. And I, I want to take that confidence and I want to kind of transition a little bit into your first set, you're getting your first client, like how, did your how did your confidence help get your first client
1: and before we even go in there I would like to say what even is the NIL like for people like me I don't even know what the NIL is can you explain to us what that is for our audience
2: okay uh so NIL refers to name image and likeness so uh last year the NCAA finally decided on you know the idea to kind of allow players to capitalize off their name, image, and likeness, right? So uh, meaning that not essentially, it's, so I don't wrote, you know, different articles like this when I, when I was in school on NIL in a sense, and just paying athletes uh, as a whole, right? So a lot of people, when it came to the idea of uh, paying athletes, they didn't like the NCAA directly paying athletes. But one of the things that I, in, in person, I didn't really like the NCAA directly paying athletes too, because there's so many different, you know, uh, moving pieces that come with that, right? Because who would you essentially like, who would you pay? Would you only pay the, the major sports? Would you only pay, you know, division one? Would you only pay, you know, men's basketball, you know, football? Like, like who would you pay? So directly paying them kind of went out the window and a lot of people don't understand why, but there's so many moving pieces. But the NIL uh, aspect kind of give you to kind of capitalize off of your own image and likeness. So however you decide to go about that. And it's, um, and obviously sometimes people are, they have more popularity than others, but at the same time, it, it like, it makes a fair game. And a lot of people don't know, but when, when it comes to NIO, a lot of women athletes are doing way, way better in this space than men. The reason being because women know how to brand themselves better on social media and social media plays a big part in today's age. Uh, a lot of these, you know, women basketball players and, uh, and gymnasts and stuff, they are. Like I know um, there's a gymnast from LSU and she, and she had 1.2 million you know, followers on Instagram, right? And mm-hmm. she's really big on TikTok, right? So when it comes to doing NIL deals, companies are gonna look like, look at that. They're gonna look at how you're branding yourself, you know, followers that you do have, how you're establishing your marketability and, you know, and everything in that sort. So women are doing way better than a lot of the men in the spaces because no matter if you had, division two division one juco if you know how to market yourself and now y'all kind of gave them that space right because mm-hmm. before you couldn't even go make a youtube channel and the ncaa wouldn't like that right uh and if some players have done it in the past so um you couldn't even take take rides from a booster like you couldn't even take you know, like a car ride, you know, down the road or, or accept food from a booster or coach or anybody in that sense, because technically that would count against your amateurism, right? Uh, So when when they came up with this last year to allow players to kind of have the free will to pretty much get endorsements, uh, do philanthropy work, uh, anything of that sort, a lot of people kind of took off with it. Like I said, some, some people who already had their brand established kind of did well in that space, such as, you know, uh, a lot of young women kind of did well in that space. And then you had some young men who was, you know, really big on social media as well and already had their brand established and they took that. But then uh, what I do in, in my field is, is helping some of those athletes who don't know, you know, or direct them in a way of, you know, establishing not like uh, their marketability, you know, or, or creating their brand because a lot of them don't know their brand. So before you even get to that next level of being a pro, and then you go there and now companies are reaching out to you because you're a pro, you don't know how to handle that money. You don't know how to go about looking over contracts for yourself. You know, you don't know anything that sort. So I try to help my clients with anything, even contracts that we get. Uh, I have them look at their, I, I, I look at the contract, but I have them look at their own contract because it's like, you need to know what you're getting yourself into. Hmm. That's so, important. Um, so before you, so before you get to the next level, you know how to handle these things. So I feel as so NIL kind of gave a like, great thing for a lot of these, you know, athletes, they're being handled as pros before they even get to the pro level. Right. Like, it, like, that. and so, like so, so that's essentially what NIL is name, image, and likeness.
1: I love that. That shows that you're a man of integrity. Like having, you don't hear too many people say, I have my clients actually read their contracts because especially if you're young and you're in this athletic space, you mm-hmm. normally don't tend to pay too much attention to it. It's like, oh, my agent yeah. will do it. So I think that really <laughs> shows you as a person and how much you truly care about the athletes and like how well they do in, in their image and likeness. Yeah. So back to your question, as to how did you get to getting your first, your first client to come on, your first athlete to come on and to
2: trust you with their my yeah.
0: Great, great great yeah.
2: John. great great sandwich. yeah uh so when i was in my last semester at lsu uh i was leaving i started working uh so with the so i started working with this company you know not going to name no names but i started working with this company just interning trying to learn the game and i and i did learn a great deal of you know information from them and uh the CEO at the time, he told me, he said, like, we got on, we got on the call and he said, hey, if you wanna like get your first client, sometimes and, like do it right now. Like do it right now. Like, you know, don't keep waiting, you know, reach out to people, right? Uh like, he, like, he was like, I feel as though you have a like good niche for this, cause it's the way you know, like talk to me. So go out and try to get your client, like, you know, get your first client now because sometimes it just takes you starting, right? So he was like, learn like learn the marketing because the marketing is where they're essentially like the bread and butter at. Like, even if I, you know, go and I end up, you know, becoming an NFL PA certified agent, you know, having that marketing aspect and having that marketing background will take you a long way, right? Being able to do both, uh, because there are some agents who on a pro level, they only handle contracts. They don't handle marketing, you know, and they have somebody else that handles you know marketing for them, but being able to have both of those you know, kind of like take you a long way. So he told me to kind of just go and get, you know, my first client. So I was like, okay. So I kind of DM'd a lot of um, athletes at the time. And obviously a lot of the ones that, you know, have bigger names, they, some people left me on red. Some people said, hey, I wasn't interested. Um, Some people said they were interested. And then you get on a call and the next day they say, Hey, sorry, but I decided to go another way. Right? Some people said they were interested, and you called them. They gave you the number. You called them, and they don't pick up. Right? And instead of getting discouraged, I kept, I kept going. Like I would literally probably DM, you know, like that was that was the only thing I was doing on social media, right? Just trying to trying to get clients, trying to you know get into this space. So I ended up. Uh, given a couple clients on a call a lot of them like you know what i had to say and they decided that they were you know going to move forward so we build you know build relationships off of that and we got on the phone um got on calls with their parents because sometimes you got to include the parents of whoever is handling you know uh because sometimes these are 18 19 year old you know kids 20 depending on you know uh who you are and sometimes older, right? Uh, right so ended up getting a call, and then like my first client, we were supposed to he was supposed to come on with the agency that I was working at. I ended up uh, getting the contract from the CEO, the contract that he wanted me to go get this client to sign. He literally only wanted me to get the you know get the contract signed. He was like, "Here's the contract. Make sure he signs this contract." So I sent him the contract. Uh, but before even, like, you know, while I sent it to them, I looked over the contract, right? I was like, let me actually, because I done, at this point, I done already took contract, you know, uh, by law and, and, and sports law classes. And I, I was like, let me look over this contract. I looked over the contract and the contract didn't really look right to me, right? Uh, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it, was, like, it wasn't a contract that really looked right to me. And then on top of that, they sent me my own contract because at this point now, I'm essentially a part of, you know, the team, Right. So this in my own contract. I looked over my contract, and my contract didn't look right, right? Uh, like my NDA didn't look right, and I uh, asked, and I and I talked to a few people, and I and I was like, "Hey, this company has a big name. Should I just pretty much rock out with what they given me, you know, or like you know, or should I just like not do this?" Right? So and,
1: what specifically didn't look right about it? Was it just yeah. kind of like gray areas, too many gray areas, or
2: so one. They uh like as far as like 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 the athlete contract, one, they were in a contract for a long time. Uh like two, they wasn't really providing much in the in the athlete as well as me, you know, because they're under me, would have to pay for everything. So I'm like, if you're the agency and I'm not under you financially, what why am I here just for the name? You know, so if I'm not under you financially and I have to put out everything myself, why can't I just do it on my own? Cause I'm going to have to put out money myself regardless. And then, uh, it was just like, just, like just different, you know, gray areas, certain things that didn't make sense. Like the termination period, uh, like the way you kind of had to go about terminating your contract was kind of a little sketchy, uh, you know, not really going to get into the details of it, but it just the, the whole contract didn't really look right. And the client at the time they wanted me to just go and have him sign his contract just blind that up yeah like we met up uh i brought him the contract i brought him a physical you know a copy of the contract he already had the one that he looked at uh i told him like like before he even like looked at the contract i said to be honest uh i actually don't really want to work with this company no more so before he even signed the contract i was like i actually don't want to So I was like, I know I sent you this contract. Like, to be honest, like, I don't really like how we look and I don't want to put you into a situation that's going to look bad on me. So I was like, I've been thinking about, you know, just kind of going solo and just starting this thing on my own. So if you want to, you know, essentially come and just do this thing solo, like, we can work out, you know, something uh, and pretty much start this, like, start this ourselves. And he was like, he was like, to be honest, when I came here, I wasn't even going to sign this contract. I really just came here to ask you more about the contract because he was like, I looked over with my dad and this contract didn't even look right. Wow. So he was like, oh. yeah. So he was like, I wasn't even like, I wasn't even going to sign this amazing. contract. So, 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 so he was like, I, so he was like, the, the fact that you actually saw it and the fact that you said something about it and that you were leaving before, you know, you even came here to, you know, maybe sign this contract. I kind of like that person you are. I right? like, like essentially, he kind of you, know, you know, he like he was kind of rocking. I do not want, to curse and stuff, but uh, <laughs> he kind of he kind of uh, liked you know what I you know what I had to say about it. And he decided that he was gonna come solo with you, right? And, and like we was just gonna do this solo, and uh, um, it was uh, essentially a essentially a a risk on both ends because we were both going into it with not essentially knowing a lot, but then three months after that. After getting him his first deal, I went to, you know, went to a games, talked to his dad. His dad was like, man, like, he liked the work that you're doing. I said, you, like, this can be a story for somewhere down the road. Both of you guys took a chance on each other, right? And and, and he was just, he kind of gave me that affirmation. Like his, like his dad saying I was able to do work, uh, good work, kind of gave me that affirmation, like, I could actually really do it in this space. So I was like, let me go ahead and try to get more clients to add into this. Because I didn't want to go and get more clients and so I didn't feel affirmed in what exactly I was doing. So, uh, but yeah, getting, like, getting that first client was I like, was hard. But once you get your foot in the door, everything else comes after that. Like they said, like your first client always helps you get other ones. Not like physically going and get other ones, but the fact that people see that they're, you know, working with you, somebody is trusting you. Right, and and it also gives you the confidence to go out and do and get get other clients and stuff. So, yeah, yeah.
0: that's human psychology. People don't want to do things. Not everybody is built to to do things by themselves, you know. But once they see, yeah. it's the same thing. I heard the same thing with like Instagram comments and marketing. They're like, people if people yeah. see you like something as simple as that. If people see other people commenting on your stories, on your, uh, on your posts, they're more likely to comment. And I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. so glad, you know, that you brought that up because I think that is so important for so many entrepreneurs to see, like, it's not your first one is not always going to be easy, but if you really keep going, if you like Jay said, you keep that resilient mindset and
1: And that integrity
0: and the integrity, because the integrity, the integrity shown through before you ever even, Mm -hmm. you know, like worked with them. So I,
2: I, I love that story, bro. Love it. Yeah. yeah, You know, uh, the consistency over motivation, like any, like you gotta be consistent because it's, it's, it's some days that you might not be as motivated, but if you stay consistent in what you're doing, you know, you're, you're always going to get to where you want to be. Right. Like it's like not forcing yourself in that space, but progressively getting yourself there. So, uh, like consistency, like, like always, because like I say, in any aspect, don't matter if it's just in sports, it's in fashion, like even if like you take fashion, for example, and there's somebody who they got this great line that they just came out with, you know, their product is good, the quality of their, you know, uh, you know, clothes is good. Nobody would kind of want to buy this because they don't really have a big name to it. But mm-hmm. then once they see, you know, other people, you know, buying it, they're like, oh, like I'm kind of interested. That's why you have some of these companies Ooh, they're so big you know some of these clothing companies are so big that don't matter what they put out i don't care how ugly it is people are going to want to buy this product because everybody is going to buy everybody's going to buy something from gucci i don't care if gucci put out some flip-flops that you know with, with the tongues all messed up say gucci today if, if if a celebrity gonna rock it somebody's gonna rock it so like you said it's simple psychology people always like what they see others doing or having so it's the same thing in this space like people are going to X. oh like who else do you have signed to you and then you like and if you like oh I mean I don't have nobody they they like oh well I want to go a different uh, I want to go an experience route right mm. but if everybody want to go an experience route right how is the people who's not experienced going to get their first experience yeah so it's like you yourself just got to keep being consistent because there is somebody out there that's going to Take the chance on you, right? And then when you take, when you get that chance, you just got around with it. Okay.
1: So, Paul, I I love that your group is called Resolute Sports Group, and you say that you're a boutique sports marketing agency dedicated to helping your clients increase their marketability, establish brand awareness, and gain sponsorship. I really want to emphasize and focus on that market increase their marketability and establish brand awareness because. I know branding for us looks differently. I'm in the lifestyle world, Ian's in the motivational speaking world. Branding looks different for us in marketability. Yeah. How is that? How does branding look as an athlete? Because I know um, from friends of mine that there's certain things they can post, there's certain things they can't post, certain things their audience cares about and doesn't. How do you, as the marketing agent, curate a story for each of your clients?
2: Uh, so, I. Uh, it essentially it uh, depends on what you want to do with your you know uh, with your own brand the type of person you are. so I have an athlete who he loves working with kids, right? Uh, he loves community work being in the community. Uh, he spent a a lot of time in you know children's hospital when he was younger, so mm. his love comes with you know working with kids in that aspect, you know, and uh, um, not being around kids. so we do stuff with kids uh, we do you know, community-based stuff, you know, like that's his, you know, uh, idea. And even play, you know, like play on words or play on, you know, the things that, like nicknames and things in that sort. So uh, like one of my clients, everybody call him Cyborg, right? So we got this whole Cyborg thing, you know, around, you know, uh, him and then like another one, his initials, you know, I make up Ace. So like Ace is something that you can do, you know, that you can kind of brand, like, itself, so uh like different things that we kind of do is just helping them understand the type of person that they are right like so that's where athlete brands started like who like who are you? so I always ask them uh, when I first get on a call, and the reason a lot of athletes you know um like when they get on a call me like when I get on a call because the first thing I ask them is, okay, who are you outside of football
3: hmm. right
2: because a lot of times, a lot of agents might not get on the phone to ask you. Like, uh, they might get on the phone, and be like, "Hey, are you, are you healthy? You know, like." And it's like, like, th- like this person isn't isn't a robot, So, you're Like, you know, so when whenever we get on the phone, I always be like, "Hey, I'm for me, I know your accolades. I looked it up myself, right? Like, like I know, you know, how many yards you had. Like, I know this. Tell me, tell me about yourself outside of football. What do you like doing, right? And some of them kind of get stumped on that question because they don't. They be like. Hmm. I, yeah. I think I like this. So then I'm like, okay, let's start, let's start here. Right. Like, you know, let's establish a brand. Let's talk about this, whatever, like, you know, who are you, who are you outside of football? Because football is what you do. It's not who you are. So, uh, and I always, and I always tell them that like, like it's what you do is not who is not who you are. Because when the game is over, what do you want to do? So I asked them, what other goals do you have besides making it to the league? Because you ask them, oh, what well, are some football goals that you have. Oh, uh, I want to get a thousand rushing yards this season and I want to make it to the NFL. OK, after that, right? Because even like when you 35 in the NFL, you're old. 35 in basketball, you're old. Amen. I know a lot of 35-year-olds right now that your life is probably just starting, you know, like so after 35, if... You even have a fruitful career, you know, uh, to make it to 35. In the 35 is late. Yeah. For me, what are you doing after that? And most times some don't make it to 35. Some you're retired from the league at 27. I'm like, what, 27? So what are you going to do after 27? So we have to, so I always ask them, what is, what is it that you want to do, right? So athlete Brandon starts with, who, um who is the person that you are outside of football? So if you, you know, like working with kids or that's something that you do, let's establish your brand around, uh, me, like your brand around community, you know, uh, awareness and like, like make it about, you know, the community and make it, you know, you're someone who likes being, you know, like around the people, right? Like, like we can start with that and we can do some stuff in the community. We can do some stuff, you know, uh, with kids and anything that sort of, even nicknames that they might have uh like we try to create logos based off nicknames based off things that they might have you know and and every athlete you know does that so if you put it on shirts what is something that people are going to recognize right so like people are going to recognize a, a initial name ace you know like so it's like um like like just different like just different things in that sort. so everybody have their brand like one of my athletes he's from where i'm from from he's from liberia so he likes that Liberian community you know he wanted to do work back there as well so establishing his brand around a global community right and that's something because it's probably it's people over there who don't know who, who he is so establishing their brand outside of football is something that they want to do you know and who they are outside of football
1: and I okay. like that, I, mean. I like that you're saying that like you're you're not only trying to brand them right now for their pro athlete dreams, but you're trying to give them a brand that they can take and make and make money off of it and lucrative, lucrative, lucrative.
0: Make lucrative.
1: Yes, sorry, that word just completely left me. <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> you are giving them a brand that they can monetize forever more outside of just the league. Because as we know, like you said, being in your thirties is late. There's so many people who bust the knee, tear something, injures this do that or just don't even like it it's a lot of pressure to go pro
0: yeah because it's a it's business at that point it's not even like oh I'm playing football because I love to it's like yo this is how I pay the bills and there's a there's a different level that people don't always realize yeah making money off your passions is fun but when you maybe not get on a good team or you don't like your coach or like it's more than just getting into the league now it's performing It's performing with the best of the best of the best and you're not the best on the field anymore all the time you know so i i love the fact that you're giving your clients purpose i think that is super important you know
1: and i'll say as a woman i like that you're giving your clients a story everyone needs a story everyone everyone when it is to have a really successful brand you need to have people people have to relate to something so like the truth, yeah. giving them a story and giving them an actual person persona, because we see so much in the media of like, it's like athlete, it's, it's an athlete and they're like, oh, okay, work, 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 work. And then like athlete going wild, some crazy thing happens. And no one knows who this person is to even say like, is it true? Is it not true? Like yeah. what, it, what, it, what is it even about? So I think I, I like that, that you're like, I'm trying to show them as a person and give them likeness instead of give them likeness instead of giving them just like oh he plays a sport or she plays a sport and I appreciate that as a woman because I'm not really into sports too much so me looking at a profile of an athlete I'm like oh, I might not be interested in your stats and your game replays but like oh he volunteers or oh he really <laughs> likes cooking or hope oh, he's a global citizen like I can relate to that yeah. he likes to travel I can relate to that
2: yeah so like uh Like one of our clients, uh, so like a mirror, you know. Shout out to a mirror. She, you know, and so like you know, on when it comes to social media, I'm not a big social media person. So when it comes to figuring out the different algorithms or 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 all all the social media stuff, like I'm not the person. But she understands that you know beyond measures, right? So one of the things that she first noticed, she was like, uh, "Hey, like he don't have anything on his on his profile besides pictures of him playing football." right we need to clean this up right because it's like like you said you need to have an identity outside of football because everyone that looks on your page even certain brands is like certain brands is going to see and they want to see you have more of a person out of like they want to see like me, they want to be able to you know uh have you be relatable so with certain brands they like okay if this person just has pictures on his page we don't really know how to, you know, brand him or uh, who his target audience is going to be because all he does play football. So it, like, his target audience is going to kind of be limited because, like you said, everyone probably don't watch football. Right. But now you have an athlete on his page. They see that he's, you know, donating. You know, he's volunteering. Uh, he has, you know, a business. He, ha- he has something that he's do outside of football. They're like, OK, hmm, we can tap into these other, you know, uh, you know, places and these other, uh, audience groups and kind of bring him from that direction. So she, like, that was the first thing she noticed. Right. And, you know, and I appreciate Mary for that. Cause that was the first thing she noticed. She said, he needs to clean up this page, right? Like there is just, you know, and, and mm-hmm. since, and since then he has been doing that. And since then he, uh, you know, like working with us has increased his following 10%. And mm-hmm. this is just in like a three month time plan. So it's like, um, Noticing that, like, as soon as people change their identity, you know, or establish the identity of who they are, you might tap into different, you know, areas that you did not know that you can tap into. And now different people are following you. And that's how you get your followers up, to be honest. So, you know. I,
0: I have a question. Excuse me, Jeff. Yeah. Um, don't, you know, definitely. I see you had a question as well. But I, this is is really on my mind. We talk a lot, we've talked a lot about, you know, your athletes and, and your clients and what you've done for them. And I, I think it's beautiful, but it also brought the question of how has doing this work impacted you? Because you've been doing it for a couple of years now. I know you you kind of started when you were still in um still in one of your programs. And so from going there into being where you are now how, how has this work impacted you? Like maybe what's the most impactful moment or like a certain story that really sticks out to you? I know you gave the one, um, uh, with your first client, but like since then gaining more clients, like how, how has this work impacted you?
2: Um, impacted me in, in what aspect? Cause it, it, it
0: impacted you, you like, actually I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna leave it open. Whatever, whatever way you interpret, I think there's a couple ways that you can go, but I'm I'm interested to hear.
2: No. so, I mean, one, uh, I've noticed that I like helping people, right? And I, and that's something that before you know, this, I didn't really, you know, couldn't really, you know, like see because I wasn't. Sometimes you do the work, but you don't actually see a lot of the results from it. Like I stay in the background a lot uh, on a lot of stuff. I don't like putting, you know. I like like my face out there, but I like helping people without pretty much getting uh, a lot of recognition for it. Like, it doesn't really, you know, like, care for me. And even since, you know, like when we did, like, uh, the HBCU cookout, right? It's people who didn't even know we threw the cookout, right? Like, like in Philly, because it's like, we don't like putting our face on stuff, but we just like giving people a sense of community and like people, you know, having a space. So it's essentially the same thing with just like, I feel happy for my clients after every deal, everything that we do. Um, because it's not like me reaping benefit for being able to see that they're happy with the work that's being done. Kind of makes me feel, you know, like I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like it's, uh, like it makes me feel good about myself. It makes me feel that I'm actually helping people. right? And I realize that I like helping people and, and other ways that it have impacted me. Uh, people, other people have noticed. Right. And that's one thing that, you know, or did I say like like other people have noticed like the work that's being done and that can put you into spaces that you didn't know? <clears throat> My bad. There's a spaces that you didn't know, you know, before. Um, but like I just said, I just had an event with literally, you know, like like event after, you know, the Steve Harvey golf tournament, right? And uh, like being able to be in that room with a lot of different people who, you know, and like build those connections with people who literally are well 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 into their you know profession and, and and being probably one of the youngest or the youngest in the room speaks volume and then uh the the person who invited me going around and you know introducing me as his business partner it says a lot right and that's and that's one way that it has impacted me like they have put me in spaces that i didn't think i would even be in right uh and like kind of showed me that i actually do like what i'm doing right so uh yeah I don't know if that answers answers the question that's that's a perfect answer I, I
0: I wanted to highlight that and I know you could have taken it multiple ways but I wanted to highlight that for people in our audience that might be in a space where they're unsure if their work is being seen or if they're unsure that what they're doing is impactful long term but like you you know directly to your point if you are if you are doing what you need to do, and if you are absolutely, if you're giving back and you're genuinely helping people, you're helping people with integrity and honesty, and you know just doing it to make the other person better, those things will always come back to you tenfold, and you'll like if you keep putting the work, in, you'll start seeing, um, you'll start seeing results that you never even thought were possible. Getting started. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you
1: and then also, like, I want to touch on, so you're now, from where you started to where you are now, you now have, I believe, four clients, correct? Four different athletes. And yeah. you have worked with a variety of different brands now. Can you tell us more about, like, are you still strictly with the NFL and those type of athletes? And what brands have you worked with?
2: Uh, so right now, I just uh as far as the type of athlete that other uh, part of the question, uh, right now, it's just college athletes, uh, you know, like being young, you know, trying to get in that space, you got to start somewhere. So, obviously, the long term goal is to eventually work with, you know, professional athletes and where, you know, get into that point. But, like I said before in the uh, earlier NIL kind of gave me that space to tap into it early, you know, like being 24 and tap into it. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: I, 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 I said NFL, I meant to say like uh, with, uh, with different sports. That, that was the question I was asking. Are you strictly oh. with football? I said NFL and I meant to say football. Got you.
2: Oh, no, no, no. All good. Yeah. Uh, like right now, I'm just strictly working with like uh, football, you know, and uh, later, later in, in the future, I do want to tap into track. Uh, mm. track. My track and field is, is like, like, I have a strong love for it, right? Uh, but right now. I do love the game of football and, and that's where I'm at right now. Cause you got to start somewhere, but eventually I do want to tap into, you know, track and bring on track athletes and, you know, kind of brand them in that way, because I know a lot about track, you know, I know the game, I know, you know, uh, how to kind of brand track athletes. I just haven't tapped into that, you know, uh, industry yet, but right now it's just strictly football. Um, and like we have worked, uh, with some local brands as well as some, you know, national brands, uh, and stuff, one of our first deal was with uh, Play Pits. Uh, so they're a, uh, Play Pits is a black owned deodorant brand, you know, black woman owned, you know, uh, and a shout out to Chantel, you know, so she's based out here in Atlanta. She started this brand for kids, you know, essentially, because came up with the idea that kids, you know, uh, they'll go in there running around all day, but do kids use deodorant? And I, and I had to think, and I was like, hey. Yeah. Mm. Like, I don't know what age I started using deodorants, but she came up with this idea and tapped into this that people were not, you know, talking about. And she made this, you know, deodorant for her sons who play sports and they were coming in and, you know, smelling, you know, little boys, be smelling a little.
1: yeah, hey, I feel all
2: right. <laughs> you know, so, so like, yeah, so she started this brand and later later on after the brand has did so well, like they have, you know, uh, like they sell out on Target all the time. They're at Target, they're on Amazon. like. This brand is taken off. So she decided to start an adult, you know, line with it. And uh, when I met her, I brought up the idea of, hey, like, would you mind having an athlete, you know, rep yourself? So that was one of our first deals. And since then, uh, we have, you know, done deals with different brands, you know, uh, Hooters. Uh, we have a, a campaign with, with Hooters that we're doing. in, you know, later in uh, when football season start. So Hooters, Insomnia Cookings, um, we just, I just talked to Samsung so this is about to be one of my biggest deal yeah uh so uh like one of my clients
1: exclusive we're
2: gonna start getting y'all sound effects <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, so like, so, yeah. <laughs> so, like Samsung is probably gonna be the biggest company that i probably have had a conversation with so uh in a lot of these campaigns right now we're just getting ready for the fall of you know when the football season start yeah uh, so because when it comes to brands, they like when the person that's repping their brand is on TV every Saturday, you know? So in the summer times, it gets a little slow. So I make it, you know, my best to kind of reach out to as many brands that I can during this off season. So mm. once the you know, the fall rolls around, we, we get everything ready. So when the fall rolls around, they can just focus on football because we have already took pictures, videos, did stuff with the brand. So. Mm. Yeah, like uh, that's just you know, so like like the name of feel like you know like Hooters, insomnia, Samsung. I uh, said, and then we have essentially worked with some like local brands, uh, Rocky Mountain Pizza, which is a you know pizza you know shop here in Atlanta, and I ended up building a relationship with the owner, and not only was I able to bring on my client onto the deal, but I was able to bring his teammates. Uh, like three of his teammates who I don't represent, right? Who I don't represent. And some other, you know, marketed agents might look at that as naive because I'm not getting any money from these people who I don't represent or getting anything from them. But uh, as I say, I like helping people, right?
1: It's and I integrity. Know, it's all
2: about the integrity. Exactly. So I know when I when I first brought it up to him, I was like, hey, who, who, like, what are some teammates that you know that would you would like to, you know, bring on this with you? Because not every athlete is getting deals, right? And, and that's just something because, it's, like I said, sometimes it start with your brand and what you're doing. So his teammates were very, very grateful, you know, uh, about this, you know, about this deal, me bringing them on it to the fact that I've had, I've, I have relationships with his teammates now and, and, and other people in the spaces. And like I said, that's how you kind of get your name out there. And that's how I established my brand, right? Establishing it with starting, I'm saying with integrity and, and showing that I can actually do the work without one assignment in return, right? Um, so even one of his teammates asked me one time, he was like, so like, what do you, what do you gain from this, right? Like, what are, like, what do you gain from this? Are you just doing something to kind of see your heart? And I was like, I mean, obviously I'm trying to build my brand too, right? So I won't say that it kind of see my heart because, you know, the kind of sound, you know, but I was like, I'm trying to build my brand too. So The same way I'm helping him build his brand, I'm building my brand, too. Because so when people come and I end up getting other clients in the future, they can look and see the the work that I have done. So that's essentially the only thing that I'm gaining from it, you know, is helping myself establish where I'm trying to be. And then uh, even
1: on top of that, though, it's also if they ever leave their agents, it's like, yo, your agent got no money from me. He got nothing from me other than like likeness, name like likeness and brought me on this project too, I want to work with your agent. Or, you know, I see the brands that you're doing with your agent. I see how he's he's marketing you. I want to work with your agent. Like now yeah. your name's circulating. Now it's like, yo, my homie, his agent is super dope. Like he's accessible. He talks to him. He actually like teaches him. He helps him. He puts them in the spaces that he needs to. Yeah. So that, like you said, for them to go pro, they're not in spaces. Why I bushy tail being led by someone who's draining them pocket wise.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I uh, saw so like that I uh, saw so like that idea came from um, I was actually like I watch a lot of interviews, a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, and that uh I was listening to a podcast with uh with Maverick Carter, you know, he's one of LeBron James, you know, longtime friend and also a business partner. And he was talking about how they did a deal with Beats by Dre. When Beats by Dre first came out,
3: mm-hmm. you know, like
2: being you know, Dr. Dre they, you know, they came up with you know, Beast Padre, and he was saying how he kind of uh, where when LeBron did the deal, they ended up telling LeBron to, hey, we're going to give you, because at, at the time, LeBron was on the USA team, you know, they were going overseas, and this USA team had literally all of the best players in the league, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe, like, like everybody was part of this team, so they was like, um, hey, we're going to give you a few headphones and uh, we want you to just give it out as gifts, right? Uh, and Beast by Dre is now probably one of the biggest, you know, um, like headphones brands that's like in the country, like globally, because now he was able to give those, you know, as gifts. And now all of these players on a USA team, they're on a global, you know, TV and everybody's gonna see them and they're going into the game wearing Beast by Dre. like. People have never, at the time, never really seen his brand. they like, hmm. So now everybody wants to know why all these athletes have it. thing. So I kind of... Athletes. Yeah, top athletes use, obviously, top quality. So so I kind of looked at, look at it from that point of view as like uh, the deal, you know, so in cor- incorporate them in the deal was also to, you know, allow them to be able to have something as well, but also help him establish his brand and also if those, if those are your teammates, you know, like two of them are on defense with him, one, like one is on offense, but now your teammates are trusting you on the field. Right. Hmm. So this is not only just a branding, you know, thing from, you know, getting a deal, but also to help you and what exactly you want to do, which is play football. Right. Like, you know, on the long term thing. So now going into the season, you and your teammates already had trust, but now y'all kind of have a little more trust because y'all are working on this thing together. Right. So now when you wonder, like one of the, you know uh guys on the deal is his fellow linebacker right so now both of you guys is on there and that with working with this brand together it kind of gives you that like on the field you're just insane right because you've been building this relationship you know for the last couple months working with this thing together you know and that's just kind of like the uh like essentially like the idea kind of putting people in spaces and kind of not just helping and then also incorporating those other athletes on the deal, it helped that company as well. And that was, like I said, the idea from like Maverick Carter, I could help that company. People know Rocky Mountain uh, because it's right next to Georgia Tech, but you know, how many people really, to me, like know it if you're not tapping into it. So,
0: definitely bro, thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on today and just sharing your story. I, I think our audience is going to catch a whole lot of value from everything that you've shared today, and they can even catch more from connecting with you on the ground. But before we get into, you know, social medias and stuff, uh, generally, we do a bag to, or bag drop at the end of our episodes. And so if there is a bag group, drop. Yeah, bag drop. You know how you we well, Mike drops is one thing, but like <laughs> when you drop, you drop a stack of money. Like, well we want to have a lot of money. You, you drop a stack
1: a, of money, it's gonna make drop, people stop and
0: listen you more. You drop it's gonna a make bag of money, <laughs> you, like you know, so you if you drop in gems on the I like that. You drop so many gems on the audience, but if you could leave them with one final thing, what would it be? Uh,
2: so sort of, uh, one final thing is. uh I said, don't underestimate the bird uh, with the crooked wings, because uh, that's an angel, depending on how you look at things. So essentially, like what that being, is that uh, like sometimes we don't like when we see something. It's it's essentially a don't judge a book by its cover, type of uh by type of thing. Because sometimes we will see, you know, something and it looks a certain type of way, and and we don't ever you know give it a chance because of how it looks, right? So that bird that you actually think you know just looks messed up and got a crooked wings, the whole time it's probably an angel, right? Mm-hmm. That's coming to actually save you. So sometimes you like, don't underestimate that bird with the crooked wings, because that's an angel, depending on how you look at things, so. That's
1: beautiful. I like that's that. Beautiful. I'm literally writing the quote down right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when y'all get that tatted, make sure
0: y'all put Paul Johnson under that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so where where can our audience find you on social media? Where can they keep up with your story?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, so uh, my personal page is uh, two underscores Paul J, and then uh, they can also follow the business page as well. Is uh, simply just at Resolute Sports Group. And the link to that will be in the bio of
0: this episode as well, Jay. And the show notes. And the show notes. Jash, where can the people find you? You
1: guys can find me at Instagram and TikTok at Jash Robinson and on YouTube at Jash Robinson. And Ian, where can they find you?
0: Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ian with two underscores. TikTok is a little different. It's going to be Ian.B3.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming on the podcast with us. And we'll see you guys next week. You already know, Monday at 8 a.m. on the dot.
0: Have a good one.